Good morning and welcome back to His Call My Purpose. Today's podcast is just a aha moment that I had in my time of study and I thought I would share this morning to just bring some uh, thought and revelation to the things that we say in life. So I am currently teaching um, the book of Exodus and um, the life and story of Moses to the young people at my church. And we are only at chapter three because we are taking it week by week. And I'm trying to get them to understand not just Moses from the stories that we learn when we are growing up um, as children. We learn about Moses being placed in the basket. We learn about Moses parting the Red Sea. And that's basically all children as, you know, in elementary school and below learn about Moses. But there's so much depth and so much into the life of Moses and and his life and how God used him and the purpose in his using him that we kind of need to understand as we grow as individuals in our faith. So um, just in in short, I have lived my life and in part of my um, faith walk, I've said that I had a Moses spirit or I was similar to Moses in certain ways. Now, when we look at the story of Moses, I am similar in the fact of Moses as Mo- God told Moses that he wanted him to do something, that he wanted him to take the lead on something. And Moses said, nah, Lord, not me. And started thinking, you know, Lord, use somebody else. And Lord said, no, you. And then the, he started thinking of every excuse of why he was not the one that should be used. That's me. Um, I consider myself to be an introvert, not an extrovert. Um, I, I love being around people. I consider myself to be a somewhat social being, but if I'm in a room, I am not going to be the first one that people are drawn to. I am not going to be that loud, vivacious, and I'm not saying rude, but I'm not going to be that one that gets the party started. I'm not going to be that one that is just walking around the room being this social butterfly, even if it's my event. That's just not me. I'm going to be the one looking around, making sure everybody has what they need, quietly moving through the room, picking up trash, picking up this, making sure everything's okay, making sure everything's working. That is me. The one that doesn't want any attention drawn to them. So when you look at the fact that um, I do, I am now trying to do podcasts, blogs, and YouTube, it's like, wait, Lord, you're really taking me outside of my comfort zone. You're really taking me out of something that is comfortable to me. Um, I am a born server. That is just in me. I am that support staff. I am that person that that's got your back. If you've got an event and I'm on board and I can see the vision, you want me. I'm that type of person that you want behind them. I'm not the person that is flying the plane. I am the person that is making sure that everything else is functioning so you can do what you need to do to fly the plane. But on the flip side, it's really funny because I don't have that person in my life either. So as God moves me into being the pilot, as God moves me into being the leader, there is nobody behind me trying to help and to support me and to encourage me and to, and so that's kind of disheartening, but that's neither here nor there, but it's really funny. It's things that you realize in life. So as we've gotten up to chapter three, I've had these realizations and these talking to the young people, the fact that 
when we read the scripture text, we find out Moses's mother didn't name Moses. Pharaoh's daughter did. Do you see how God works? God, God doesn't make mistakes with our name. God doesn't make back then. God, you know, named people based on, you know, their characteristics or their, what he was going to have them carry out in their life and the meaning of what was in their situation. It's really funny that he got his name from Pharaoh's daughter. Okay. It's funny how people were positioned in Moses life to do things that allowed Moses to succeed and to live. So, um, just like if we look back and I'm flipping just a minute, if we look back at the story of David, David was anointed King, but he wasn't placed in that position to many years later, but he was in the palace and saw what goes on in the palace because he was the one that was to play the harp to calm the evil spirits that God allowed to happen to Saul. So when we look at things that sometimes God gives us a position or places us or makes us aware of where he wants us, but doesn't actually have us step into that position right away because he has to prepare us for that position. So Moses lived most of his teenage, what we would consider his teenage and on into his young adult life in a palace. Okay. He didn't live in the, the, the city with his parents. He didn't live in the city with his people. He didn't live with the Hebrews. He was not tortured. He did not have to work the hard labor. He was not a slave. He lived in the palace. And it's like, because again, if you think about who you are and what you go through, if Moses had been living with his, in, with his people, with his mom, with his parents, with his sisters, with, his, with the rest of his family, he would have been tortured. He would have been not, I don't know, let's just say torture, but he would have been uh, abused and he would have been, because he was a slave. They were slaves to the Egyptians. They were treated harshly by the Egyptians on purpose because they were built as strong men. Now think about this. Here you are, you know, this is not an Egyptian because he's not built like you. They say that all of the people of God were the reason why that the Egyptians were so hard on them is because number one, they kept multiplying that you couldn't, they were like bunny rabbits that we would say. And when they were born, they were strong. Like not only did God allow them to keep multiplying, he gave them this crazy strength to endure that which the Egyptian were placing on them. Was it pleasant? No. Did they like it? No. But he gave them bodily tools in order to endure it. Aha. Sometimes we don't point that out. Sometimes we point on, oh, they were, you know, in slavery. Oh, they were uh, treated really badly, poorly, had, you know, poor conditions to work. And we, we focus on that. But we don't go back and say, God said to Abraham back in Genesis that that his people would be enslaved in bondage way back then. So God already knew what was going to happen. So then we move forward. Moses has been living in the palace. Moses has been doing this. And then we get to the point where I went like this. I was like, wait, when I assess the situation and I was like, God, look at all these times where you intervene. Look at all these times where you stepped in. Look at all these times where you, your hand was totally on Moses. And then when Moses steps out and he kills the Egyptian, ah, 
thinking that he was doing right, thinking that he was saving this man from his fate, thinking that he was doing good, right? Because he was hurting his people. So he killed them. God didn't say that's what I told you to do. God didn't say that you was going to be over here and you were going to be the sole avenger. God didn't say that. Did you see that plug? I'm just I'm being silly. But God didn't say that you were going to save the people. He said that he was going to save the people. So then I got to thinking and I was like, you know, I keep saying that I have the Moses spirit and the fact that, you know, um, if you read on and we see when when Moses has the encounter and he's like, well, Lord, you know, the people aren't going to believe me. I don't I, you know, I have a stuttering problem. I have this. I have that. I have th- I'm pretty sure there are things that he said that, you know, aren't even documented. And God was like, look, stop, stop. I knew the plan that I had for you from the beginning. I knew the plan that I had from you from the start. From the beginning, this is what I had for you. This is what you were born for. This is what you're supposed to do. Quit it. And then I looked at the fact that in Moses's disobedience later on in life, it caused him to only be able to see the promised land. He wasn't able to walk in it. He wasn't able to live in it. He lived his whole life for this point. And because of his disobedience, he was only able to see it. And so I had that revelation when I said, you know what, Lord, there are aspects of Moses's life that are totally me. But when it comes down to it, I pray that I am 100% focused and attentive to your will, your way and your direction so that I don't sin against thee in a fashion that would cause me to only be able to see my purpose or to see the fruits of my labor and not enter into them. So when we look at other people's lives, we have to be mindful. Don't always say, I wish I had their life or I wish I walked in their life or I wish I had what they have because we don't know what they did or what they will have to do to get that which we see. Again, Moses was tight. Moses was one-on-one. Moses had the relationship with God that I'm sure that many of the children of Israel wish they had, to be honest, like, you know, Moses is up there and I don't, I'm saying that from a standpoint of, I know there was some reverence and fear of God. I'm not saying they were all running up there going, why you get to talk to God and why I don't get to talk to God. I'm saying if you really look at us or place us in that position, we would be like today. I know there may have been seasons in your life where you said, Lord, I wish you could just tell me, just tell me what I'm supposed to do. Verbally, audibly, I want to hear if I'm acting a nut or if I'm on the wrong path or if I'm doing something wrong. I want to hear it from you. I don't want to have to sit there and be still and be quiet and listen to the whole. See, we want to have it the way we want to have it. And God is like, nope, it's not that way anymore. But again, if you think back at it and you look at it, if we had it that way that God spoke audibly to us, then we would not have had the blood of Jesus we would not have the Holy Spirit. And Lord knows my crazy butt does not want to live in those times because I know I would be at the priest's, priest's door every day talking about, here go my lamb, I done messed up again. And I'm not trying to be funny, but I'm saying if we look at the times and what was required and what is required now and where God has a relationship with, you are exactly where you're supposed to be right now. 
But when you look at your life, stop looking at others. And I'm not saying that you have to look at an entertainer, an athlete, or an influencer to be in awe of what they have and what they do. You could look at your neighbor. You could look at your cousin. You can look at your brother and sister and still um, be envious and jealous of what they have because you don't have and you're like God why not me and God's like because if I gave you that then you wouldn't have this because I have this fear I always go back to it it was so cute one of my youth reminded me of that picture that you see or you've seen you may have seen on Facebook or social media that has a little girl with a teddy bear And Jesus is asking for that teddy bear. And behind Jesus' back, something that she can't see, he has a larger teddy bear for her. So all he's asking is, will you give me what you have? And when you give me what you have, I will give you more than what you need. That's that's, That's what that picture's saying. But you have to trust me because you have to give it to me first. See, I'm not gonna give you what you need so that you can give me what what you have. You have to trust me first to give give me what you have and I will give you everything you need. So it's really funny. It's really funny how God will just reveal stuff to you and you'll be like, "Uh uh-huh, I get it. And we have to be careful with our words. We have to careful what we say because the enemy reacts off of what you say. The enemy acts about what you put out there into the atmosphere. God knows everything, but the enemy reacts off of you, your behavior, your 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 attitude, your anger, your frustration, that envy, that jealousy. He's like, oh, okay, okay. I see you now. I see you. So that's what you want. Okay, I got you now. But that's not the one we want to have us. We want the love of Christ. We want the direction of Christ. We want what Christ has for us. We don't want what the enemy has for us. Because there's nothing the enemy that can give you that is life that is everlasting. There is nothing that the enemy can give you that is forever. There is nothing that the enemy can give you that will speak to your purpose. There is nothing that the enemy can give you that will perpetuate your faith and your your relationship with Christ. There is nothing you know, you have to say, bye, bye, boo, boo. I'm done. It's over. We don't have a friendship. You know, it's so funny. Like, you know, we're so quick in, in our earthly flesh to go, oh, she did that. Oh, she said that. Oh, she's out of my life. Oh, she's, 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 you know, I'm done. But then when the enemy sits there and just dangles stuff in our life, we're like, oh, okay, I'll stay here for a while. Oh, I'll dabble in this for a while. Knowing it's not good for you. Knowing it's not healthy for you. Knowing it's not, it has no purpose in it. None. What's the purpose in it? And that's why I kind of get on social media and I'm kind of like fearful of promoting myself because I'm like, I don't want to be vain. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want somebody looking to just my words and standing on my words. But then God said, you know what? You have something to say. Even though you don't believe that you have something to say, someone needs to hear this because I placed it in your heart for a reason. And I'm like, well, I guess so. So what I'm saying is be careful what you say or you call yourself. Be careful what you look at and you say, I want that or I have that in my life because that may not be what God has for you. That may not be what God wants for you in your life. Because I just think if Moses had just been obedient, 
he would have walked into the promised land with the other people. He wouldn't have had to wait that long. They wouldn't have had to wait that long. I would always say daily, check your heart, check your motive, check your goals, check yourself. You know, we are so quick to check everybody else. Oh, I'm going to get her straight. I'm going to get her told. But check yourself. I'm not saying, because sometimes, you know, we have those people in around us that we have to check. Because if you're going to be around me, if you're going to be in my presence, if you're going to be on my team, if you're going to do worship or you're going to do ministry or if you're going to do this with me, you're, you're going to have to operate in this mint. That's not, that's not what I mean. I mean, check yourself to make sure that your motives are right. Check to make sure that your heart is right. Check to make sure that you're connected to the father the way you should be, not the way he's connected to your friend, not the way he's connected to your wife, not the way he's connected to your husband, not the way he has a relationship with you, for you. Because at the end of the day, and I always say, every time I say at the end of the day, I always say, even at the beginning of the day, your relationship with God is one-on-one. You have his full attention. He wants to have a relationship with you, not based on your status, not based on your followers, not based on how many friends you have, not based on where you work, not based on where you worship, not based on who your pastor is, based on you and your relationship with him. So remember that the next time you decide to move forward in things or things that are around you. Make sure that your relationship, you know, you know how you always go, oh, I need to check and make sure we cool. You know, I told so-and-so that I need to, no, you need to check and make sure every day, every day, daily, throughout the day, that your relationship is cool, for lack of better words, with God. Remember, real talk, real life.